1: So finances are very important, and the importance of finances can be helpful to know at a young age, and that's
2: where Intuit comes into play. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products from Intuit, like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living
1: yours. That's Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours.
2: Let's get into it.
0: in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to seven eight five eight three three. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers. Seven eight five eight three three.
2: History is littered with tragic stories from which we could all learn lessons. The spectacular Broadway show that flopped, the autopilot that helped crash a plane, the heatwave that killed some city residents, but not their neighbours. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that looks for the valuable lessons in the greatest mistakes, disasters and fiascos of the past. Listen to Cautionary Tales on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two.
1: What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Best Bits. This is The Best Bits Part 1. This is y'all's favorite part where I bring somebody from the show on and we just sit and have a conversation. And if you've missed it the last few weeks, we've split the best ups and best ups, the best bits into two parts. So this is Part 1 where it's just the conversation, no bits being played. We still count them down. But it's just the conversation that y'all love and you don't have to skip over anything. And if you want to hear the bits that we talk about, then that's going to be in part two where it's just the bits. I'll intro them. You can listen to it and catch up on the show. So... Without any further ado or more explaining to me messing up words, Mike D is all with me this weekend. What's up?
3: I'm here hanging out. Thanks for having me this Yeah, week.
1: we've had a crazy, I mean, I say that, but every week is crazy for us. I feel like every week you and I are both on overload by the time we start recording this podcast.
3: Yeah, it's like at the height of everything, it's like, all right, let's sit down And slow it down for a bit. So I do like doing this for that reason.
1: Yeah, like slows down our brains a little bit. But when I start, I can tell my brain's still trying to process everything that just happened for the last six hours. It's
3: like a constant hamster wheel. Literally,
1: yes. So we got a lot to talk about. We're just going to get into it because you haven't been on when we've done this, just the interview side. Yeah. And people are loving it. Like this is the perfect mix that we found and people are liking just listening to the interview side. So. I'm
3: into it. Yeah, it's great.
1: I know. No complaints on, on this side of the, <laughs> the two parts of a podcast. It's
3: rare we do something and it doesn't get any complaints.
1: I know. Well, I, you know, I asked originally, I was like, hey, let me know what y'all are thinking. And so many people were like, I fast forward. I was like, well, we don't need y'all fast forwarding things while you're driving. So let's <laughs> just try and figure this out. Uh, so it worked out. But yeah, we're going to we're going to start with number seven, which was Restless Road coming into the studio for their first appearance. Y'all loved it. Their connection to Kane Brown is crazy. Had no idea Kane Brown was almost in a band, but then he was like, no, nah, I'm gonna try and pursue going solo, and now he's Kane Brown that we all know today, which is just a wild kind of connection. Um, but not really talking about that. There's not much to talk about. They came in, it was cool, great dudes, and it's a fun interview to listen to. But I wanna know artists. This year, is there anyone like you would love to see or try to see on tour this year?
3: I've, I'm into so many different types of music. And when I get excited about going to see a band, it's usually somebody now that I was a fan of when I was a kid. Okay. And there's a band that I've been wanting to see for so long. I actually had tickets to see them before the entire world shut down. And it is a band called Slipknot. Yeah. They are a metal band that like gr- screamo
1: band kind of, right? Just
3: metal, like hard uh screamo is different. Screamo is more on the emo scale.
1: Okay. This I did just, not know there was a difference. Yeah. I'm learning things.
3: I cuz growing up I listened to a lot of punk rock and people would just always assume like oh that's emo. It's there's a whole kind of different subgenre for that, but they're on the whole other scale of just being a metal band. And I've always just wanted to see them. I had tickets to see them in 2020, and then the show got canceled, of course, with everything else. And they are touring this year, but the closest place they're coming is like three hours away.
1: What, like Atlanta or something? Memphis. Okay.
3: So the thing is, I love them. My wife does not like them (laughs) whatsoever. I had tickets to go to that show alone, and I'm fine with that, but I don't think I could pull a three-hour road trip by myself to see a band And then drive back on my own.
1: (laughs) So, you don't know if you're gonna try and pull that off? I
3: don't think so, but I really wanna see them.
1: You could always like say, hey, we're gonna go on a weekend. Road trip, is it on a weekend?
3: I think it's on a Saturday.
1: Okay. You'd be like, hey, we're gonna go on a road trip to Memphis. You can go and get a massage during the concert or like go do something super much for you. (laughs) And I'm going to go to the concert and then we can like enjoy the rest of the weekend together. Maybe that is how you make it happen.
3: That'd be a tough sell. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: true. Like doing a massage in a city, you know, no one. And you're like, what are we doing here? Yes, that's true. But no chance. She'll go to the concert with you.
3: No chance. No chance.
1: Because Slipknot does, while they are, like you say, a metal band, they do scream some in their songs, correct? Yes,
3: but what I like them for is they also have like the melodic side of them. Their lead singer is also just a really good singer, so it kind of blends that here's an actual melody combined with his really gruff screaming. And then the show aspect that I love from them is they have pretty crazy mosh pits. (laughs) And that's something I haven't done since, I mean, probably yeah two years. And that's just fun to me.
1: I still remember the video of you on your Instagram story. Yeah. You went to a concert by yourself. Again, similar scenario. And there was a mosh pit and you were in it. And you were like getting all wild yeah. and crazy on your Instagram story.
3: See, I'm the only one out of everybody in our group, my wife, that likes that kind of music. And it's what I grew up going to those concerts. And I find enjoyment out of that. Other people feel claustrophobic. You don't like people on top of you. You don't like people pushing you around. You don't like other people's sweat. But for me, that's fun. Like going to a <laughs> show when people are getting thrown around and it's, it's all in, in fun. I think is what some people don't realize. Like nobody's angry in any way. Nobody's pushing you because they're mad at you. It's just a collective, like this little community of people. If somebody falls down, you pick them up. You don't do anything with the intention of hurting anybody. That's just how that music scene is
1: and that is something that makes like your serotonin spike like you're like this is what I crave to do
3: (laughs) I remember the first concert I ever went to I was like 12 years old it was the Vans Warped Tour first band that goes on at like noon super hot time of the day and the first thing I remember is how crazy the mosh pit got and I'm sitting here 12 years old and I'm like this is what I love this (laughs) and I was like all like interacting with everybody else just like if I was an adult and it was the greatest thing ever. People would come up to me like, dude, are you okay? You're like 12 years old. I'm like, I'm fine. Let's go. So I think ever since I was a kid, I just loved that feeling. And, um, I haven't really had that experience in a very long time. So I would have that if I went to the Slipknot show, but I'm just looking forward to that again.
1: So who'd you go with when you were a kid then? I mean, you couldn't have been going by yourself, right? No,
3: I had an older brother who's seven years older than me. So he had to convince my parents, like, okay, I'll watch him, and he can go with me. Thing was, it got so crazy that I got lost. Like, that first mosh pit, you start in one place, and you end up in a completely different place. <laughs> you have no idea.
1: Especially as a little 12-year-old, yeah. you're, like, just getting <laughs> tossed around like a little doll.
3: So, you get... By the end of the show, I couldn't find him. And the only way we could kind of keep track of each other and were able to find each other later is because we knew what the bands we were going to see. And if you've never been to the Vans Warped Tour before, it's it's not... It's basically different bands playing at all different times and you go see a schedule. So we knew we were going to go see another band and we ended up meeting (laughs) up like two or three bands later. But yeah, I got separated from So you're
2: just
1: this 12-year-old rocking and rolling at Vans Warped Tour like it's no big deal. Yeah. Oh, my lanta. I (laughs) love that though. What if you got your brother to come down and do the Slipknot show with you? Would he do that?
3: That would be interesting. He is coming to town later this year but I don't know if it's around the same time
1: you might be able to convince it I saw your wheels turning there you're like maybe it's I can make that work. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well
1: it sounds like you two like are similar on that level and you'd both enjoy that show
3: yeah that's where I got that entire side of my music taste was from him yeah
1: yeah For sure. I mean, it's hard to like, that's such a wildly different genre that if you don't like it in some form, it is hard to attend. Right?
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I see how your wife is like, there's no possibility. Like, it's funny because my boyfriend does not listen to country music Mm -hmm. at all. Like is not his, his vibe. He likes hip hop and rap and, and all that. He knows some country music, but like me talking about Garth Brooks, he's like, okay, cool. No, like no excitement there. Right. And so when I ask him to go to concerts and stuff with me, he will. But there's sometimes where he's like, I don't need to go to that. But when he knows I'm excited, he's mm. like, I'll go and I'll hang out with you.
3: Yeah, but yeah, but like what you're saying, I think country music is the opposite way that you can go and it's enjoy, enjoy it. Like you can go and enjoy it without being a fan of that mm-hmm. type of music. I don't think it works the reverse on the kind of well, music. Well, no, that you're, I'm not in to. <laughs> you're not in a mosh pit. That's gonna, the difference. Because it, it's also because it's so loud in a yeah. different environment. So you. Just can't go into it the same way.
1: Yes. Well, and it's funny too. Like, I I do think there's certain genres that you can deal with if you don't like, and there's certain genres that you're like, there's just no chance. Yeah. Like you cannot convince me to go to like a full on screamo concert. (laughs) But anything else you can convince me of, especially after I did like back when I worked in Wichita, I photographed, um, several, like, um, you call them pop rock, pop rock, pop punk, pop punk. Yeah. Several of those at like our big arena, but the big one that I photographed was was Foo Fighters. Oh yeah! And after that concert, I was like, I had no idea I actually like rock concerts. (laughs) I was mind blown at like how fascinated I was with the whole thing. But it's also Foo Fighters, right? Like they are so insanely different just across the board Mm. in their shows and their in his huge chair that his throne. I guess it's not a chair that he sits on. Leg broken? Yes, that's when I got to photograph Uh, them. So I was like fascinated. But the only one that I probably couldn't sit through is like Screamo, full on Screamo concert. I think I would not last very long.
3: <laughs>
1: but there is one like, so my boyfriend is a huge fan of the artist Russ. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he's like huge in in hip hop, rap. He has like 3 million followers on Instagram. Big, big artist in that realm. And he's, that's like his number one guy. And he's coming to Nashville to our amphitheater and his birthday was coming up, but... I was, I was up late on a weekend, two o'clock in the morning, right? Like I was binge watching something that we'll talk about later and I'm just scrolling on TikTok and this artist, Russ posts on his TikTok that he's like, Hey, I'm giving away tickets to whoever like shows me they bought my song and sends me a DM on Instagram so I go, I don't use iTunes at all, right? Like that's the only way you like actually purchase yeah. <laughs> a song. So I go to iTunes, I'm like, let me spend a dollar twenty-nine on this song and just, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think anything's gonna come from it, but why not? I bought the song that I'm never going to listen to on iTunes, screenshot it, send the DM to this artist Russ, and the next day, like probably, I don't know, eighteen hours later, he writes me back, he's like, Deal, y'all are in, here's your tickets. And my boyfriend, I couldn't even <laughs> When I tell you this was a, supposed to be a surprise for his birthday coming up in like three weeks, I could not. I, I lost my mind. I, didn't, I don't even know this artist. And I got so excited because I'm like, did that really just happen? Like, did I just win something for him? And I didn't even think that was going to happen. So he like wrote me back. Now we have like free tickets to his amphitheater show coming to Nashville. And my boyfriend was freaking out.
3: So you told him surprise early. Yeah.
1: I didn't last. I literally <laughs> lasted one second before it came out of my mouth. How
3: is he though with, if he has a surprise for you, like, can he keep it in? Does he save it?
1: No. Like once he buys me a gift, like last Christmas was a great example. When he buys me a gift, as soon as it comes in, he's like, you can open it now. And I'm like, no, I want to <laughs> open it on Christmas or like when we're supposed yeah. to be opening it. And he just loves, he he doesn't have a lot of patience in the aspect of gifts. So I think he appreciated that I told him ahead of time, <laughs> but I was just so impressed the fact that I was able to make that happen because I really just did genuinely not think it was going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so he got so excited and he told like all his friends. He's like, "Look at what she did for me! Like he met, she messaged him. He was Russ was messaging my girlfriend back. Like <laughs> he freaked out. It was the funniest thing. That's awesome. I've and I, you know, being in. The music world now, it's not often that we get to get that feeling, right? That we get mm. so excited about something. We go and see people and it's really cool and they're great experiences, but we don't get that same level of excitement anymore. We're kind of jaded, exactly. in a sense. And so getting to do that for him and watch and see his like reaction and how like shocked he was, was really cool.
3: Yeah, I can't remember the last time I've been that excited. Right? I mean, well, one, is the aspect of winning something, but also just like to go see somebody. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that in a very long time.
1: I know. Like you have to be really like excited and passionate about an artists to feel that and just connect with their music in an entirely different way. To really feel all of those things. I mean, I was excited for me that I accomplished this task. <laughs> but then I was so happy when he was like freaking out.
3: Like, I finally won something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I didn't even care that it wasn't for me. I was just like, I can't believe this all happened. And I was up at like 2 a.m. for no reason. <laughs> so we are going to see Russ on on tour in Nashville when he comes here, thanks to him, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anybody else that I like plan to go see. I would love to see Avril Lavigne. If she happens to come here, that would be awesome.
3: I could get into that. I think she is touring with Machine Gun Kelly.
1: Which would be really cool. Yeah.
3: I don't mm-hmm. know if they're coming here, though.
1: There is because of so he's had so many collaborations, which is which is hard to go see somebody in concert when they've had so many collaborations, right? Because you're like, what are they going to sing if they don't have those people with them? Mm-hmm. But the person I'm talking about is Black Bear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He has so many great songs, but so many of them are collaborations. And so if I were to go see him... I don't exactly know if I would know any of the songs because all the ones I know are the collabs. So I don't know, but Machine Gun Kelly and Avril Lavigne both have collabs within. That's so what made me think of it. I do. So, but yeah, Avril Lavigne would be really cool. Mostly too because she's making like this huge comeback. Yeah. Especially after everybody thought she was dead and she's <laughs> not actually her or whatever that whole conspiracy theory is. So that one would be fun if they come. But yeah, I don't think I have any others. You, besides...
3: I do have tickets to see a comedian in like August, John Mulaney.
1: Oh, yeah. so Jim Gaffigan talked about <laughs> him when he was on the show. Okay, yeah,
3: he's one of my favorite comedians. I've seen him once before here in Nashville. Another show I went to by myself. Um,
1: I, I'm sensing a theme here, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I did
3: a lot of things by myself before I got married. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with going to shows by yourself. I know, I just never thought it was weird because I... I grew up being a nerd, being into things that only I was into. So I was always kind of prone to going to do things by myself. So it was never weird to me when people would be like, well, why would you go to something? White? like it's So it's I don't know if people feel weird about that, but if you are a fan of something, nobody will notice if you're there by yourself. Go enjoy it, get the ticket, and go have a good time.
1: It's true, too, because you're going with a bunch of other fans. They're just going to be excited. Everybody's all the same fan of the same person.
3: Yeah, and especially... At a comedy show, everybody's going there to laugh. Like, mm-hmm. no one's going to notice if you're there alone. If you're a really fa- a fan of them, just go.
1: Yeah. So is this concert, like, at a big arena? Is it at, like, Arzani's in Nashville that's, like, a smaller club? This
3: one is at the Ryman.
1: Okay. So, right, kind of in between. Yeah. Nice. So you are going to that one by... Does your wife not like the comedian? No, she
3: is going with me to this okay,
1: one. Okay, this yeah. one you're not going This is the first yourself.
3: time I've gone to this, yeah, to see him with somebody.
1: Is he also an actor or is he just a comedian?
3: He... Had a TV show for a while, but he was a writer on SNL, mm. so a little bit of acting, but mainly just stand-up comedy.
1: Are you going to try and get, like, meet and greets or anything? Uh, nah. Nah, I'm good with just going to the show. <laughs> Fair. Well, that'll be a fun one, too. I like I like that we have so many comedians that are starting to come to Nashville. That's a cool difference in culture. Yeah. At L- least besides all the concerts we have here that are happening all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yes. And maybe if it's at the Ryman, you can go to Broadway and hang out with John Mullaney, and maybe you could get your intro to Saturday Night Live.
3: I mean, he is doing like four nights here, See? Like, he'll be around. <laughs>
1: but that would be your connection to Saturday Night Live, Mike. And you said that's a dream to like write for a show like that, right? That
3: is my dream. I think that's why I like him so much because he is somebody who came up as a writer and was so great at that that it translated so well to stand up. So, I think there are people like that who I kind of identify with and have been a fan of. So,
1: now this is an interesting thing. Do you follow like him on TikTok or anything? Do you follow like the people that you really like celebrity wise on like Instagram or TikTok or do you avoid it?
3: I follow them, but a lot of like the people I'm the biggest fans of don't have a great social media presence. Mm. John Mulaney posts a little bit on Instagram, Post Malone doesn't post anything like. Yeah, he posts, like,
1: random pictures every once in a but while. But it's
3: somebody else posting for him. Uh, Donald Glover, who's Childish Gambino, he's barely on Instagram. So a <laughs> lot of the people I'm, like, super fans of don't really have a presence online.
1: That's interesting. Well, I'm just, like, thinking about it, too. Like, if you follow somebody so much on, on social media, like this massive celebrity, does it make you more obsessed with them? Or does it make you feel like you have so much access to them that you aren't as obsessed with them do you know what I mean yeah and I haven't ever really thought about that and I don't I mean I really just don't follow a lot of celebrities on my personal one because I I at least keep track of them through the show as far as like country artists go Mm -hmm. but I don't follow that many like I'm talking about all these people that I really like but I don't think I follow any of them on social media if I see them in my feed I get really excited yeah But I don't follow them.
3: I think sometimes like not knowing about their life kind of adds like an added element of you being more interested in them and more like kind of drawn to being a fan of that person. Mm -hmm. Because there's I mean, with yeah, everything being on social media, it almost sometimes takes away a little bit of that mystery to where, oh, you do know what all your celebrities are up to at any given moment. Like You can just check in on that. So, I kind of like not really knowing yeah. a whole lot about them, even though I do follow them online.
1: But you're following ones that don't post a lot. So, that yeah. still adds to that same level if we, you don't really know what they're doing half the time.
3: Yeah. I see when they go on tour and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was That just made me think. I was like, I wonder if that changes things. And kind of does. <laughs> um, we had, you know, at number six, Bobby and Eddie brought to the table that they were going to write an original song for Abby because Eddie thought she was dragging her feet like you know mm-hmm. wasn't pursuing anything after the the national anthem really blew up for Abby and was on the charts and so Bobby and Eddie were like you know what we'll write you a song and you can perform it so that's happening we don't really have any more details besides the fact that it's happening bobby mentioned on the show later this week that he has written down some ideas mm-hmm. but i don't think they've gotten together on anything like that but How is your movie podcast going? I mean, Abby's, you know, song career is happening. How is your movie podcast going? Do you have like some fun interviews coming up?
3: I'm working on, I want to do a series of episodes on the 2000s. Yeah. Because I think that's a thing that a lot of people are interested in right now. So I found... Y2K. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I found uh, a couple of like Disney Channel stars that I've been reaching out to. Yeah. Try to get some of them on. And then I'm really trying to get... On TikTok, I saw the voice of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch.
1: Yes, he's been popping up on mine a lot. He's been
3: popping up and like sharing stories from the movies. And that is my favorite Disney movie. Mm
1: -hmm. And And you do a killer Stitch impression.
3: (laughs) I want to ask him about that, like how often people just come up to him and like try out the Stitch voice with him. And if you can maybe coach me on that. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to get him on the podcast.
1: Have you found a way to reach out to him yet?
3: Yes, I think I found a way to get him on. Now I just have to see if he's down for it.
1: I feel like he would. He seems very open to the idea of TikTok. And when people are open to the idea of TikTok, they tend to be open to other things. Yeah,
3: that's been a a pretty good tool for me. If you see him posting and talking about those things on TikTok, it's an avenue to ask him, like, hey. Because sometimes... I want to ask about the thing that I was like a fan of when I was a kid. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to promote what they're doing now. And sometimes it's weird for some people to go back and just talk about old things. But if they're already posting about it, that's like kind of your window in. Like, okay, like they're down to talk about it.
1: Exactly. So I feel like you could get him on because he's talking a lot about it. Yeah. Now I want to hear a a smidge because you did a full one on your own podcast. Yeah. I I want a smidge of a stitch impression to to tease people to go listen to your full stitch podcast.
3: See, the thing is I can say anything in the stitch voice. I've been doing it for so long. Okay, so
1: I want you to say because you know what we're on a weekend be like, "I hope you have the best weekend."
3: I hope you have the best weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Cuz
3: some people thought I was faking it. Like I really? did cuz I I did it on my podcast and then I played the clip that I was doing. From the movie, and yeah. some people were like, "You just took it from, took the." I was like, "No, I really did." So I had to post the video to okay, show you, people that here it's we, actually me.
1: Yes, and let, let's do it one more time to prove that it's you. Okay, gotcha. you're gonna say, "I am Mike D, and this is real."
2: I am Mike D, and this is real.
1: <laughs> Wait, that's him. I'm literally watching it with my own eyes.
3: I like. I have like this small arsenal of like voices that I do, just because I've always been a fan of, like, voice actors. Yeah. I just, it's not something I've never tried to, like, get into because it's a very competitive (laughs) career. And I haven't been able to, like, create my own voices. Like, that's super hard. Like, I can hear somebody Mm -hmm. and, like, try to get it. But, like, trying to create my own voice, it's tough.
1: I want you to think of maybe three you want to share that you feel comfortable doing here. You say you have a little bit of an arsenal. (laughs) Okay. But have you also been watching all all on TikTok as well? There's a lot of voice actors that are on there and they literally, you can see some actresses and actors do it with Jimmy Kimmel. He makes them transition mm-hmm. accents or roles and it's fascinating. But there's also voice actors on TikTok and it pops up on my For You page of them literally like, just transitioning so quickly from actor, like different yeah. roles that they've I done. I love
3: watching those. It's
1: so fascinating. Yeah, I'm like, how is that all coming out of your mouth?
3: We all just love impressions. Uh-huh. And so I could just scroll through. There's some, yeah, some of my favorite ones. There's so, this one guy who does a Howard Stern impression. It sounds exactly like him. Really? And I just get, I just love every video.
1: It's so fascinating to me that people can can totally interpret somebody's work and just nail it. Just like you're doing Stitch.
3: Especially with people that, like you don't, like if somebody did a Bobby impression, that would be super impressive. It's like the people who find impressions that nobody else has done before that I find the most interesting. Mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that person talked that way. Yep. I think that's the
1: And then they know and you're like, wait. You're like,
3: oh I get it. Yep. Now.
1: Exactly. Okay, so what are what are some that you have in your arsenal? Well,
3: Stitch is my best one. And
1: he and Stitch is great.
3: I do it all the time. I can do a pretty good Elmo.
1: Oh, let's hear Elmo.
3: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think of what I say.
1: Uh, Elmo would like to know. If I could be on your podcast, oh, that's so good!
3: It's mainly the laugh. You
1: even have the, no, but the voice is so good too. Like, okay, you got you have two really solid animated. I say those are probably my
3: best ones.
1: You're laughing, but they're so good. <laughs> like, an almost huge on TikTok too. You could totally do something with that.
3: Yeah, I've had some ideas with that, but there's some people that do it like so well.
1: Yeah, but you can't compare because it, it, they are different. The cool thing about voice acting is everybody adds their own spin on it, right? Cuz there's one Elmo, and he's always going to be the only Elmo. But then interpret it, like doing what he does, everybody gets to add their little piece to it. And it's every up to everybody who they decide is like the best one, and you could be the best one and you're just not posting it.
3: <laughs> it's true.
1: You know? So I think you should post that one. Okay, you have any others before we? Keep I talking? would say those
3: are my two best ones. Your so two best we'll ones. We'll end on a good note.
1: Okay, I love them though. I think I think if you if you feel better about another one, we'll do another another uh, impression okay. podcast the next time you're on. You'll, you you have time to practice. Okay, I will. Oh, but I love those. I wish I could do any type of voice acting like that. I can't. It's not possible for me. I can smile and I can laugh, and that's about all I got.
3: If you can create a character, that's all you need to do.
1: Uh, yeah, I maybe I, I maybe I could because you have a very
3: but, bright voice. Yes, that translates into animation.
1: Yeah, if, if I could be like a Dory character or like somebody who's just so happy all the time, I could do that. Yeah. But just about anything else, it's really hard for me to find other emotions <laughs> in my voice. Like, I have to be fully immersed into, like, anger to be... You know how there's the inside and out characters? Yeah. I would be the happy one all the time. Because it's <laughs> physically impossible for me to try and, like, do that without being in a moment that causes that emotion. So... Uh, I'll I'll leave that to you. You you keep exploring the voice okay. acting because I think you're killing it. You'll be awesome at it. And I, you know what? I think Eddie has some serious competition that he did not know was happening in the Eddie's studio.
3: Good, really good at impressions. He's he good is. at even people who come in the studio. <laughs> He's like looking at them, taking notes, and then can do an impression after they leave.
1: Yes, he has he has uh, humans down. You've got animated down. I think <laughs> you win in that category. And I think we might need to have a little competition. <laughs> I feel like that's a bit that should happen. I'm just saying, we also always talk about, you know, cause you do the movie podcast podcast, what you've been watching movies, TV shows, anything y'all are watching right now or have been watching
3: TV show. Now, I think my go-to show is the dropout, which is on Hulu. Okay. And it's all about the story of Elizabeth Holmes, who created this company called Theranos that basically lied about all the technology they created. Yeah, it's a pretty, I I watched the documentary that came out back in 2019 and became infatuated with her, had to learn every detail about her. So uh, I'm coming from a place of just being super drawn to her story of how she was able to kind of fake everybody out. Mm -hmm. That she had this technology that could basically take a drop of blood and know all of your medical details, like things that you know, find diseases, and she didn't have the technology. It was all a scam. That's,
1: you know what? That's just so mean. That's so rude because <laughs> the reality is I would love something like that. Yeah. you could just tell me what's wrong. I've always said I just want one test or one machine to just do a full body scan and tell me everything that's wrong with me that I need to fix. I would buy into that 100%. So that's just rude that she took advantage <laughs> of that. <laughs>
3: that's what it was supposed to do. And everybody thought she was this genius, and then – Even had the actual like product go into like Walgreens and real humans were using this technology that didn't work. So
1: did it make anybody sick or was it just not working?
3: It was not giving people the right results. So it was telling people that were sick or giving them results. They were healthy and the other way around.
1: So it could have very likely like. Yes. Ended up in loss of life.
3: Yes. Wow. Wow. I think she was just infatuated with being an innovator and being like a Steve Jobs type character that she didn't think about having the actual technology that actually worked. Yeah. So I think if you haven't seen the documentary, for me, that was a little bit more of an indicator that I would be into this show, but...
1: Because the show is like real actors? Real actors. So it's like, um, I I don't know what they're called, like make real TV show or re-enacted tv it's like
3: show it's just a drama based on the show so okay. it's like a normal tv show you would watch but it's taking the documentary and there was also like a podcast that came out after it so it's just the whole story of that so it goes way more in depth than anything i've watched or listened to before
1: so if you're fascinated with elizabeth holmes yeah then this is a show to watch and yeah. it's on hulu on hulu you know but unpopular opinion here i love being educated it's great but I'm going to need us to stop putting documentaries on everything because I am learning that people <laughs> really suck. Yeah. Like, I already knew people sucked, right? Like, there's bad people in the world. But now I'm just being reminded of it constantly. Yeah.
3: And I think we just, as humans, we find that entertaining.
1: Tender like, Swindler, yeah. inventing Anna, the people, dropout.
3: People scamming people is very entertaining to everybody.
1: Well, I think it's so fascinating, too, because, like, in your heart, you're like, how could that ever happen? How could people possibly fall for it? But then... We still, there's, it keeps happening. There's more stories that keep happening. And I guarantee these are people that have watched scams happen and yes. thought, how could this happen?
3: Yeah. Well, if you watch this show, you will be saying that to yourself the entire time. Like, how did this not stop at this point? Like, she scammed people at of millions and millions of dollars Gosh. on a very large scale.
1: I would have fell for that scam. Like, had <laughs> I been, was I around when this all happened? Was I alive?
3: Was yeah, it? this was pretty recent. I really? Like uh, 2011, I think, is when it all s- is when the show starts and then it wraps up in 2017. So it's fairly recent.
1: I am so surprised that I did not fall for this. I <laughs> really am. like, Genuinely, because I've been waiting for something like that to happen <laughs> in my life. Uh, whether I fall for a scam or I do something and then it comes out later that it's not actually real. Like I, I got a, a a weight scan thing because I'm trying to make sure I have a healthy body, not just my weight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like healthy body. Muscle, everything. And I fell for it, but like my my boyfriend will get on it, who's a personal trainer, and he's like, Morgan, that's not accurate. And I'm like, but it's telling me it's accurate. I don't understand what you mean. I just paid $150 for this thing. Isn't it supposed to be accurate? And so, like, then I'm like, I, I just don't. It, every time something like this comes out, and every time we make a new show about it, it just makes me have less trust, and I don't need any help with that. I really don't. So, I'm, you know, I'm just, Why do you think I watch so many things that are so um, fictional? Non-fiction. Fiction? Fiction? Why can I not remember which is which? I watched everything that's non-fiction. That's not real. Right? Non-fiction is not real?
3: Fiction is made up. Non-fiction is not fake. Yeah, that's how I remember it. it.
1: Okay, so fiction is... Okay, so that's why I watch everything that's fiction, because I don't need more trust (laughs) issues. (laughs) Okay, but watch that one. It sounds like it's really good, and you really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, so that's a TV show, and you don't like a lot of TV shows, so that's saying much, right?
3: Yeah. I think it's because I watch movies for my podcast, and sometimes it feels a little bit more like I'm watching them knowing I'm going to review it later, knowing how I'm going to tie it into a topic. Sometimes I'm not watching movies that of pure enjoyment anymore. Mm-hmm. There's some movies. Yeah, I'll just, I would watch no matter what. But since I do review a new movie every single week, sometimes I'm watching something. And while the normal person would maybe turn it off after 30 minutes of not enjoying something, I'm like, I'm going to keep going. That way I have some content this week. And I think when it comes to TV shows, that's kind of my time to like completely... I don't think about anything. I'm not watching it with like, well, how's this plot point or anything like that. Yeah, I watch it more out of pure enjoyment. So if I do watch something, it's either something like that that I'm just infatuated with the person, or kind of like you, just something completely fake and just <laughs> like more like a comedy series.
1: Yeah, but that's that's such a different perspective too because movies were your passion. Mm-hmm. That's why you did a movie podcast. Do you feel like? a little bit, it's taken away some of that passion for it. Cause you're like, dang, this is now work.
3: Sometimes because I think, especially at this point of the year, some of the new movies that co- are coming out aren't my favorite, mm. but I'm going to watch them anyway, because people will ask me like, oh, well, what, what do you think about this? And I can't, I can't be like, well, I haven't seen it and I'm yeah. not going to see it. I'm going to watch it. And there's always a chance that maybe an interview pops up. And if I haven't seen the movie, then kind of takes me out of that opportunity. So, a little bit on certain movies, it's like, I'm not even having fun while I'm watching <laughs> this. But I think everything that I still go see in theaters, I still, even if I don't love it, the idea of going by the end of it, I still enjoy it because I just love that experience.
1: Well, that's a good thing, too. I think that's a a good thing for people to realize because we are in this part of society where following your passion is becoming a very well-known thing, right? That's what everybody's encouraged to do sometimes it's hard for people but like you followed a passion and that's a real accurate result of following your passion like yes it's still I love movies it's still exciting yeah but there are still times that it's work yeah I
3: think that's with I mean just anything like it mainly comes out like doing a podcast because you do a podcast you're doing an episode every single week I think even like with like doing the Bobby cast every single week I've seen from Bobby sometimes, he's like, I really want to sit down and talk about like music and songs like another week. I think that's just that whole creative process. It wouldn't, whether it be radio or a podcast, you're having to do content every single week. So no matter what you're doing it about, you're probably going to get kind of like, <laughs> this feels like work at some point. Yeah. And yeah. eventually that passion that you've had in the beginning will come back around and you'll be able to do it all out of fun again. But I think even passion sometimes turn in, yeah, like feeling like work.
1: I think that's something important people should hear for sure because it's, it's real. That's the real reality of the situation rather than the, yes, I love movies all the time. This is amazing, <laughs> you know, cause it is, it's, it's part of real life. Now, two, I want to know, I binge watched Bridgerton in a day. That's why I was in up. In a day. Yes. That's why I was up until 2am. <laughs> okay. I watched the entire thing. And I was so excited about it. Like I, when I knew the date was coming, I was like, yes, I'm so excited to watch this because Bridgerton season one was so good. And I will say Bridgerton season two, fantastic. I loved it. It was great, different than season one. And I still freaking loved it. Um, But I convinced my boyfriend to watch it with me because I was just so excited about it. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'll sit and watch it with you. And there's a lot of it where he's like, this is so cheesy. This is like a drama TV show. And he's like, this is so cheesy. I'm like, yes, that's the point. But I think secretly he actually liked it because at the end he was kind of reviewing it with me i was like "Mm, you liked it you don't want to admit it but you liked it so is there anything that like you and your wife watch that you kind of secretly like but you may not admit it
3: yeah there's a show now that i did not like in the beginning but now it's become a weekly tradition and we watch house hunters
1: (laughs) is that on hgtv yes (laughs) Mike, you're now the husband that watches HGTV. HGTV. And
3: I think it started because we were... It's whenever we were first thinking about buying a house. Mm -hmm. And then she just loved that show. And I was like, why am I going to watch other people go shop at houses? And now it's become a weekly thing that every week we'll sit down and watch an episode of House Hunters.
1: And is there a new episode every week?
3: Yeah, there's so many episodes. I think they have like 200 seasons of that show. (laughs) So I've gotten to the point to where... My goal in life is now to have an episode of House Hunters.
1: So you like it enough that you would love to go be on the show. I
3: just love the plot line because it's always like the husband wants a turnkey home that's modern and the wife wants a house with character. <laughs> I'm like, I have our storyline to make it completely different from all these other ones. I go with this angle, you go with that angle. We'll make a great episode.
1: See, now you got to pitch yourselves for that. I know. Because I do want to hear an update on what you guys are thinking for house and everything. We'll wait, wait a little bit later. But I think you should pitch yourselves for... Listen... We're all trying to get on a TV show, as we've heard on the show this week. I was trying to yell on Superfan. Ray's always talked about Big Brother. Lunchbox trying to go on game shows. This could be the show that you try and go House on.
3: House Hunters. And they, the thing is, they make so many episodes that there could be a pretty good chance of Yes. It. And they do them a lot here in Nashville. You
1: know, the funniest thing to me about HGTV, just any show on there, but particularly ones like House Hunters. There's a few similar ones like that, I think. But they'll be like, yeah, we got a budget. You know, we, we don't have these great jobs. I'm like an artist and and then they're like, we got a budget of $1.5 million. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you come up with that?
3: Like, Dude, you're a scuba diver. Like, how are you? Afford- yeah,
1: is that what happens on House Hunters sometimes? Yeah, a lot yes. of the
3: time, yes.
1: And every time I'm shocked, I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> Out of anywhere. Like, I am I'm wonder if House Hunters secretly gives them like a little bit more budget. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they pay them a little bit.
3: I know some, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but I know some like dirty secrets
1: of the show. Oh, okay, here. Spoiler. <laughs> alert i don't have raised little sound things in this studio that we're recording in but eh, spoiler if you don't want to hear anything about house hunters then just skip real quick okay
3: i don't think they give them a budget but they already know the house they are picking before they go on the show so they've already bought the house and they're just making the episode and all the other houses they see are just for television
1: okay i mean i guess that makes sense because the reality too of like buying a house as a process is pretty long yeah like, you can't really squeeze it all in. <laughs> and they
3: make it seem like they do it in a couple of days.
1: Yes, and that is not how it all happens. So I guess that makes sense.
3: It makes sense, but it takes away from the viewing experience if you do Like, oh, I already have it picked out. And that's the game I like to play is try to figure it out based on how they talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they already picked that one. I can tell.
1: <laughs> that's true. You can probably start thinking about like, body language, how yeah. they talk about the house. Because they're
3: always, like, a little bit... They point out the things they don't like about the house. But if they give, like, a little bit of positive on the things they don't like, I'm like, oh, they probably picked that house then.
1: Dang reality TV. <laughs> it always ruins it for us, it's right? It's yes. It's never what it actually seems. But they don't get a budget, so that's actually their mm-hmm. money. I'm so fascinated by that. I just really want to know where these people come up with all that money. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Um, but yeah, well, House Hunters, HGTV, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the ladies, if you want your man to watch something with you, my D thinks it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bridgerton, uh, according to my boyfriend, which he will probably never admit that in his <laughs> life. Uh, but yeah, those are two good shows. And then I did watch, um, the first episode, 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 where does that even come from? Episode of Moon Knight on Disney plus. Okay. Have you watched it yet? I haven't
3: started it yet. No.
1: Oh, it's just the first episode. It just dropped this week and it was good. It was dark,
3: I feel yeah, I got the vibe of that
1: mhm it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what all they do with it, but I'm excited about it for sure.
3: I like all the Marvel t v shows on Disney plus I just feel like there's so many now. I know. And it's hard for me to keep the storylines between the movies and the TV shows now. <laughs> I feel like the first time in my life, I'm having a little bit of like series burnout. Really? Everything's getting a TV show now.
1: Oh, I love it. I'll watch. I'm I'm like the perfect sucker, Mike. I'll watch all of them. <laughs> I've watched all the Marvel ones. I've watched all the Star Wars one. I'm like the perfect sucker.
3: Because I've up to this point seen every Marvel movie and I want to continue that streak. But now there's all the Marvel shows and they're tying back into each other. I'm like, I think I've had enough.
1: No, okay. So which, so have, is there any you haven't seen on Disney Plus?
3: Uh, the Marvel shows. I just haven't started Moon Knight yet.
1: Okay. Well, that's there's only one. There's I think it's only going to be like six episodes. Okay. So it's not super long, and it is different than the others. It gives me almost in a way um, Wanda vibes. Okay. But darker. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot there. I think you would like it, but. Don't tell me that. That's going to make me sad. <laughs> I, But I am. I am that sucker that will watch them all. Except I do get to the point, like, I was watching all of the, like, DC superhero shows with CW. I've kept up with all of them. But Batwoman, I stopped watching that one. I For the, like, first time in, like, three years, I actually stopped watching a show. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. Dang. And it wasn't even that it was necessarily bad. I was just like, I, I don't care. <laughs> but, like, I still watch Flash, and it's not necessarily the best in the later seasons, but I'm still interested in it. But yeah, I'm just, I'm still stuck on the superhero kick. I think I was, I was so, I never had any of it for like 26 years of my life. And now Mm -hmm. I can't get enough of it is a problem for me. Yeah. And whereas you, I grew up on all of it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I've had enough, but I'm like, no, give me all of it.
3: I think I just, I have gotten more into the DC side than the Marvel. I would say I'm more excited about the DC stuff coming out. Did you
1: see that? The flash, the movie DC flash, the guy got arrested.
3: Yeah. Hawaii. Mm Hmm.
1: (laughs) He's. <laughs> I think it's the second time he's been in trouble yeah. in the a <laughs> while. I am w-
3: looking forward to that movie.
1: Yeah, his movie, right? Yeah. He, there's a Flash movie coming out. There's also the, is it the Adam movie? with Black
3: Adam with the Rock. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I've been waiting for that one.
1: What other ones are coming out? Obviously, the Doctor Strange, the Marvel one. That's going to be another huge one.
3: That one I'm only interested to see now after Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm -hmm. I think before that, I was like, I don't care about another Doctor Strange movie. But now I'm like, I got to watch that one.
1: Yeah. And I think that I think those two are just going to be some of the really big ones in this whole new phase of Marvel is my guess. They're like setting on the next uh, era of Marvel after the last four like kind of ended some big characters.
3: Yeah, it's in a whole weird phase now that I think it's gotten away from, I mean, all of the Marvel characters we kind of have been with for the last decade aren't there anymore. There's no Iron Man. There's no Captain America. Mm -hmm. And now it's moving into this of like, all right, we got to get everybody back interested in everything. And I think that's why Spider-Man No Way Home was such a big deal.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And we won't keep talking because I have a feeling I'm going to drop some spoiler (laughs) at some point because it always comes out in the weirdest (laughs) way. Uh, But yeah, that's... That was all fun. I like I liked hearing about that. House Hunters in Bridgerton, y'all. You guys can go watch those. No spoilers <laughs> on them, uh, besides the one that Mike dropped, and we we warned you. Um, at number five, Lunchbox confronted his neighbor over the broken down car, and that was a, a whole thing. Lunchbox and his neighbor situation is just so interesting. Um, but I want to hear like kind of a life update from you, Mike. Like, how are you and your wife, Kelsey? You guys are coming up on your one year anniversary. Yeah. Of marriage.
3: Yeah, I think we're trying to think of how to celebrate that now. Mm. And I don't know, it's, I feel like the first year is like the one that you celebrate the most.
1: Very true, yeah.
3: And it's weird because it hasn't felt like a year yet. <laughs> Like, it's just kind of flown by, so we're like, oh, we're about to be married for a year. Like, what do we do?
1: I mean, I thought you guys had been married longer. Like, before we came on this <laughs> podcast, I told Mike, I was like, has it been two years or is it one year? And he's like, no, it's just one. It feels like it's been longer than that. It does. Pandemic making me have serious brain fog of everything. Um, But so there are the certain, like, uh, materials that are associated with year anniversaries of marriage. Have you ever heard about that? No. Like paper or... um. I don't know. And I say material, I don't really, the only one I've actually ever heard of is paper and that's because of friends. Um, But it's actually a real thing that there's like certain materials associated with each marriage anniversary. So you could look into that and maybe you could do something around it. Yeah. Or it's like the gifts you're supposed to give. I don't know. I'm not married (laughs) yet. I haven't (laughs) figured it out.
3: Yeah. I think we're trying to decide on what to get each other. Like, do we go like fancy? Do we just get something like more heartfelt?
1: Maybe go on a trip?
3: I think we're planning a trip for the summer.
1: Okay. That's like kind of around that whole thing. Yeah. Cause okay.
3: we, like, we loved where we went for our honeymoon, but I think we wanted to do something a little more tropical. We didn't have the time to do that when we did have um, that vacation that year. So I think we'll plan our one year anniversary, like, summer trip mm. and have that be like the big. The big one.
1: A little celebration of that. Oh, that'll be fun. Because on your guys' honeymoon, you all went to Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe somewhere tropical like Hawaii?
3: That's what I'm thinking. Yeah? I love Hawaii. I got to go there once for, um, I mean, traveling, doing the radio show, and fell in love with it. Like, it's one of my favorite places that I've ever been because it's just so laid back and chill, and it's so beautiful. And my wife hasn't been there. So I was like, let's go to Hawaii. That's like number one on our list right now.
1: And are you guys both like tropical people over like colder weather?
3: I'm not at all. Like I don't really like going to the beach and like I I get there and I don't know what to do. (laughs) But Hawaii I felt was different because it's a completely different vibe. And there's just something more to the whole like vibe of being there that I'm able to enjoy it and relax and being able to take it in. Because normally I can't really go to a beach and have fun. I get there and I'm like, when are we going home?
1: Well, there's also like, you know, volcanoes. There's also hiking. There's like road trips you can take within Hawaii that are more than just hanging out at the beach. Yeah, for
3: I'm, sure. I'm into the hiking aspect of going and exploring and seeing like a terrain that I couldn't see here. Mm-hmm. And then my wife is more of like chilling on the beach and hanging out.
1: So so you may go on your anniversary honeymoon, but you also may be doing activities separately yeah. while on that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. I think that shows that you guys are very comfortable in your relationship to be able to go and explore the things that you love while also doing things together.
3: And I think I get that, too. Like when I go to places, I like going for like runs and I'm able to kind of take it in that way because you can see things that you wouldn't normally see. Mm-hmm. So I think I could be able to absorb the entire like countryside of Hawaii that way
1: yeah for sure you'll go on these long runs and you'll be like where'd you go you're like I saw all these things <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> I feel like in Hawaii so you can find some really cool like caves or different things then you're just like where am I It yeah. Feels like a different planet I like when I see people doing different TikTok videos of traveling I'm so fascinated because I'm like it, it doesn't even look like it's earth when they do things like I, I just saw one that was in Jordan the the country Jordan mm-hmm. I think it's <laughs> if it's not don't come at me. Um, but it looked like it was like, out of a Star Wars movie. I'm like, that's doesn't look like earth. And I think it's so cool. And I'm like, I want to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like to wherever you live, you get associated with that landscape and the things that are there. And Tennessee has some really cool mountains and some things here. But like you get associated with it when you live there long enough that traveling to another place, you're like, what is this? We actually live somewhere that this is where I can go and hang out. I feel like Hawaii is one of those. Like, yeah you're fascinated with what it is. It's like the the mysteries of life that everything looks so different just by traveling on a plane five hours, right? Do you ever think about yeah. that?
3: It, I like going to those type of places. Of, that like life. really
1: make you question, you're like, what is life?
3: <laughs> to where I forget where I'm at. Like we went to New York pretty recently and even New York feels like you're in an entirely different world because there's so much going on and it feels like everybody who's there has like a very like, specific purpose, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like you're even in the United States.
1: Right? And you're like, there's no way this is all connected. (laughs) There's just no way. We're planning, hopefully, for our our vacation coming up this year, whenever it is, we're hoping to go up to Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I've been dying to go to Oregon for years because I'm so fascinated with their nature and their hikes and all the crazy waterfalls and stuff that they have. So. That's something I'm planning on doing, and I think it's very similar in the fact that when I see videos and pictures of them, I'm like, that doesn't exist. There's no way. <laughs> it's like out of a movie. So that, that'll that be, I think, what we're going to do, and maybe go to like Seattle, because apparently Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington are only three hours from each other. Did not also know they were that close. <laughs> um, but yeah, so have you been to those? Do you have any suggestions for those?
3: And no, I've never, that's another part of the country I've mm-hmm. wanted to explore, too. It just seems so kind of like we were saying, like that terrain that you're like oh this is here and that's what's crazy about the U.S. it's so massive Mm -hmm. and we don't really realize that there's so many different (laughs)
1: types of places that's why it's it's my like one of my life goals to make sure I see every state even if I don't ever go back if I see them at least once in some capacity I will feel so good
3: do you know how many you've been to
1: I have been to I don't know my exact number but I've especially after like last year I've completed the northeast Mm mm-hmm And I've been pretty much everywhere in the South living down here. And I've been to a lot in the Midwest. It's really the West Coast that I haven't really conquered. And it's only because it's such a long flight that you need more travel time to go. And that's hard to get, right? Like it's hard for a five-hour trip somewhere and then you only have two days to explore. And then you don't feel like you get a lot out of it. So that's why I'm hoping like accomplishing Oregon for like our hopefully week vacation we have later this year. (laughs) I can actually see some things in Oregon, but yeah, just not a lot of the West Coast. I've I've flown into Los Angeles, flown out when we went to Hawaii when I was younger, but I really haven't been to California at all. Love to go to like Utah or um, Nevada, some more like the actual Grand Canyon. I've been mm-hmm. to Las Vegas, but that's not, I don't feel like that's an accurate representation of that <laughs> state. Like that's a cool city. It's like when people come to Nashville and you're like, it's really cool. But then we also have the Smoky Mountains. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it just I feel like I need a little bit more of it. When I feel like I can go somewhere and explore the really cool nature aspects of the state, that's when I feel like I've seen it. Cuz I can go and eat really good food and that that's fun for me. As long as I eat somewhere really good one time and then I explore the rest of the nature, I'm happy. That's like my vibe. Does that make
3: sense? Yeah, I get it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so Oregon and, and Washington is the plan. And your guys' plan is hopefully Hawaii.
3: Hopefully Hawaii. Or somewhere tropical. Somewhere tropical.
1: What about snowboarding and skiing? Do you like like snow places?
3: No, not really.
1: Really? You you're such an active person. I would have thought that might be a thing.
3: I've just never done it. Like I growing up, I thought snowboarding and skiing like seemed fun, but it seemed like so of like something that would never happen to me. Because <laughs> I could never see my family one affording to go on a, like <laughs> a ski trip or anything like that. Or just being in a place to where I would go and that would seem like fun.
1: Do you feel like because you lived in Texas, I do feel like there's more beaches in Texas, too. Do you feel like that was more of what y'all did was go to beaches?
3: Yeah. If we went to anything, it'd be like probably a lake, really. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of beaches, so... Yeah, I don't know. I guess
1: the beaches are more at the Gulf than yeah, anything. Yeah, the Gulf.
3: That's way further and, down.
1: And where your hometown was, how far would that have been? Probably
3: like six hours Oh, at yeah. Least? That's a
1: longer trip than I was <laughs> anticipating.
3: <laughs> Maybe longer than that.
1: Okay. So, like, lakes and stuff are more your vibe. Do you, What about wakeboarding or, like, water skiing?
3: No, not a whole hmm. lot of that. Skateboarding is about the only thing. <laughs> See,
1: since you like skateboarding, you would love snowboarding and wakeboarding.
3: Yeah, I probably would like snowboarding. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you would like both. I She's think you need to it. explore that, on some level, in some way. I'm telling you, I have a feeling you would like it because they, in a sense, they're similar. It's a yeah. board. It's just different uh, things that are underneath you, essentially.
3: I could try it.
1: <laughs> I think I think you do it. You'd be like, oh yeah, I love this. This is true. Um, but yeah, okay. Any other ex- exciting life updates? What about the house situation? You were mentioning that.
3: I think we're. Not going to look for a house for a while. It's so like crazy out there. Yeah. So I think we're good where we are right now.
1: And y'all are renting, right? Okay. So just see where life goes. You talked about a dog. Is that coming sooner than the house maybe coming?
3: Probably not. I think those will happen at the same time. My wife still pulls up every dog she sees on on Instagram. Like, why do we have a dog?
1: She's like waiting for that moment to happen. Well, at least you guys are getting to enjoy the honeymoon phase of everything for as long as you possibly can. Because once you buy a house, you get a dog, everything, some more responsibilities kick in. And you're like, okay, that's <laughs> a lot more.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think we're just enjoying the year of like not having anything that ties us down. So we can take trips when we want to, mm-hmm. go home to see family when we want to, and just have that kind of like no strings attached vibe.
1: I will tell you, it changes a bit when you get a dog. You have to actually start like taking into account that you have a dog, that yeah. <laughs> somebody has to watch the dog, whether you pay to have somebody watch it, you board it, or whatever. But that's definitely a, a deterrent for traveling sometimes, at least it, it has been in my life, because I always feel bad. It makes me feel bad. I look at them, and they're like, why don't I get to go? And you're like, well, sorry, I got to go on a trip. And it makes me feel bad. So that does definitely change the game as far as traveling. In an, in an aspect, and just too because it's more expensive if you do have somebody come watch them. It's it true. <laughs> adds another another layer of money that you don't really realize. Um, yeah, and then at number four we had the the grocery store situation. Um, you guys love to comment on that. You guys. Thought I was a little thief for taking (laughs) items, Um, and I don't say you guys to Mike. I say you guys (laughs) as in listeners on the Facebook page. Really, really made me feel like I was stealing things. What do you What do you think about the situation, Mike?
3: I mean, I love a free item,
1: (laughs) right? I mean, is there seriously a person on this world who's going to get offered a free item and is going to be like, no, 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 I'm good.
3: Do you, I, don't th- I don't think so. If somebody gave me something for free. I'm like, all right.
1: I'm not going to question it. And it's not like the funny part about this situation. It's not like when it's happening, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you this for free. He just like briefs over the scanning thing and doesn't scan it, puts it in the bag. So like, really, I'm not sure what's happening until I get out and I look at my receipt. And I'm like, yeah, he did not scan that. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me three times to finally figure out what was going on to be like, yeah, he's really not scanning that. I thought that's what was happening because you hear it, right? You hear the little ding- yeah, When it goes across the thing. And I wasn't hearing it. I was like, there's no chance. There's no chance I'm just getting these free items. But sure enough, that's what happened. So I wasn't intentionally a thief. I did not know. And, but if I did know, I probably wouldn't have said anything either. <laughs> so, yeah, I got I got hit pretty hard on the Facebook page about that. Do you think he was being nice? Or do you think I, I uh, have a secret admirer? Well, a public admirer, but <laughs> not out about being an admirer.
3: I would think he was just being nice, except when you mentioned that he switched to come to yeah. you,
1: and that was the the latest one.
3: That's an added level. Mm-hmm. Like I could see it just being a thing of like right, I just do nice things sometimes.
1: Well, and and let me break that down a little bit further. So like the first time I went in, it was a protein bar, and he like sh- he was at the register, and we were making conversation, and I was purchasing like different ones to try. He's like, oh, you don't have my favorite in here. And he went he grabbed his favorite. He gave it to me. Okay. He was like, let me. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that was awesome. That was really nice. Like, I didn't think much of it. Second time I'm in line, just chilling. I had seen him in the, like out and about. And then he happened to be a cashier at the same time when I'd gone Mm -hmm. out to check out. And he had made a comment that that was his favorite item, his favorite candy. I was like, oh, cool. That's really nice. And then the third time is when the chocolate cake happened and i was like in line he came the person above like in front of me had just finished up and he literally went and switched to the guy and so i'm moving to check out and he once again says oh this ch- chocolate cake is one of one of my favorite here and he like scans it and then he starts telling me about his life so it was like it progressively was like getting more intimate in a way does that make sense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at first it was like all innocent. i was like okay cool this is great didn't think much of it But by the third time, I was like, I I feel like something's going on here. Would you have felt the same way?
3: Yeah, definitely at that point.
1: (laughs) And all three times, it's so funny. It's just like, because my boyfriend and I don't officially live together yet. But like, we'll go grocery shopping. We'll just buy our own things, but we'll go together. So he's never next to me. We're in separate lines. We're just like checking out. (laughs) But like, he's there with me. It's not like I'm just like wandering the store by myself. All three times he was there. (laughs) And this man either chose not to see it or didn't see it. I don't really know.
3: Maybe he chose not to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there was that situation. But yeah, you guys had lots of opinions on, on that one on our <laughs> Facebook page. It's just every time I brought up one, too, they're like, oh, is, is is Morgan just like, is she just really that stupid? And I'm like, I'm not stupid. It's just funny content. It's just my life. <laughs> but thank you for making me feel stupid. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then at number three, we had Eddie, who is teaching his kids something crazy controversial. I want to know what you think about that situation too, because it was the the food one, right? Where yeah. he is like, you know, if you're not satisfied, send it back. Get a new one for free.
3: Yeah, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would just never, I would take the hit. Like if I ordered something that I was testing out or trying, didn't know if I was going to like and didn't like it, I always just take the hit. And even if it's something that I get, And it's made wrong. I'm like, well, I just won't go back there. I won't order that again. That's how I am, though. I don't like confrontation. I don't like going up and like trying to demand something for free or even get them to remake it. I just know that anytime somebody's dealing with your food, (laughs) like I want to eliminate that factor of like, oh, this person's bothering me. I'm gonna now mess with them or do something to them. And I've been like that forever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm good. So you won't learn a lesson if
1: it's wrong. Or like, it's not the right thing. You won't send it back. No. So you won't even just send it back for, for any reason. I'll
3: live with it. If it has something on it that I don't like, I'll take it off. Um, if it's something I just can't eat, I just won't eat it and be like, all right, I learned a lesson here.
1: Oh my gosh. That's even, that's even like the, that's like the least confrontational you could possibly be.
3: Yeah. If like, I don't get something, then yeah, I'll be like, Hey, I ordered this and I haven't gotten that that'll do but as far as if anything's wrong or not good I'll learn
1: now let me ask you something does your wife ever speak up for you when that happens now that you're in this relationship sometimes you'll find a partner like who who's the more speak up person yeah do you feel like your wife ever does that for you
3: i have yeah she'll she'll be like i'll just i'll just tell them. <laughs> i'll do it for you or like you you have to say something and she'll just do it
1: okay so you You don't ever do it, but she has been this asset in your life that now you're actually at least eating meals because (laughs) she will convince you you need to get the food you ordered.
3: Yeah. And I think also I try to do it to a point to where anything I order is like the easiest. (laughs) Like I don't like to make a whole lot of changes to things. I try to find things that I know exactly is going to be like, you can't mess this up for that exact same reason.
1: But also to your vegan, Mike, like how many times has it happened where you've ordered something and they've put like cheese or bacon or on something like if you order a salad right mm-hmm. how often does that happen
3: very few because if i do order something i always try to get it to make as vegan as possible so if anything is just like a cheese and i'll scrape it off
1: dang but it's still going <laughs> to be in there
3: a lot of if it's like mixed into something yes if it's just, like, on top of something, I'm like, I'll just scrape it off.
1: Okay, so on. then you're definitely not even Because that's given- all they're
3: going to probably do anyway.
1: <laughs> you're not wrong. I have, I have seen things get back, taken back when I was a server, and they just scrape something off. And
3: If it's just something on top of something, yeah, that's it.
1: So you're definitely not going to be one to send something back if it's unsatisfactory. No. What about the idea that Lunchbox mentioned that, like, when he was unsatisfied with a movie, he went and got a movie ticket refund. Would you ever do that?
3: That one is interesting because you can, if it's been thir- less than 30 minutes, you can go back and ask for a refund. I kind of feel like that is one that I may do. Really? Just like, because.
1: have you ever done it before? Is this your first time learning of such a thing?
3: I've known about it. Okay. Um, But I've never been so unsatisfied with a movie after 30 minutes that I was like, I'm out.
1: Yeah, I feel like it takes you at least halfway through a movie to be like, okay, this yeah, is Yeah, that's
3: pretty soon. And also at the movie theater, like they don't really make their money off of selling the tickets. So I think that's why they have that, mm-hmm. that policy. If you've already been there for 30 minutes, you've already bought your concessions. And that's where they make their money. So they're like, all right, we'll give you a refund on the ticket. The studio gets most of that money anyway. Yeah. But I've never been to the point to where I wanted to walk out of a movie. The only thing I've ever done is fall asleep during a movie if it's boring. <laughs> But get yeah, a little nap in get the theater and <laughs> wake up and it's like, all right, it's still going on. <laughs> but yeah, it's in 30 minutes. I don't think I would be to the point of like, I demand a refund. It'd mm-hmm. be really bad.
1: Yeah, it would have to. I mean, it would have to be coming out bad.
3: Yeah. That's and hard that's hard.
1: Do. Yeah. I don't know. It, is there a movie that you have fallen asleep in the theater for
3: Batman versus Superman?
1: Oh, OK.
3: I fell asleep during that one. It's pretty boring. Woke up. Nothing had happened. That would probably be the only movie I got close to being like, I'm going to leave.
1: Did you fall asleep pretty much through the whole thing? Or was it like halfway and you're like, I'm just going to take it It up? was
3: probably about 40 minutes or so into it. Oh, yeah. That was pretty I've bad. Wait, I've been waiting for all this action, waiting for all these things to happen. Nothing happened. And then fell asleep for uh, probably only like 10 minutes, 15 minutes at most. And then woke Dang. up and, yeah, not a whole lot got better.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty bad to fall asleep during a movie. That's that's when you know it's bad. But I would agree that it takes a long time to finally figure out if you don't like a movie. It typically takes me the whole movie to be like, I don't think I like that. <laughs> I can
3: tell within 20, movie, 20 minutes if a movie is going to be great. Like, that's my first indicator. Like, if I watch something that I was excited to see, within the first 20 minutes, I can know if this is going to be a good movie or not. Just by how the story is already developing, how... I can see the story progressing. I can get it in the first 20 minutes. So, but it's also just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I just got to watch a lot of movies though.
1: Fair. I was going to say that that's a whole other level of critiquing over there, Mike D. (laughs) I think you are Rotten Tomatoes level. They just haven't realized it yet.
3: Oh yeah. I did apply for that again.
1: Yeah. Have you found back? No. Found back.
3: Let's see. I think the cutoff date just happened this week. Mm. So it may be another couple of weeks that I've been trying for. This is my third time now applying to be an approved Rotten Tomatoes critic that I would be able to write reviews and it go towards that percentage that everybody looks up. And I've always just wanted to have that because that's kind of how I got into reviewing movies is I would always look them up on Rotten Tomatoes like everybody else. And I wanted to be able to contribute to that because the whole reason I got into critiquing movies and reviewing movies was... Because of Rotten Tomatoes. And I know I already have my own platform where I can talk about movies and, you know, give my reviews and connect with everybody who listens, which has been the funnest part of that. But I feel like it's like this added level of validation. If I could actually contribute to that score and have that. Yeah, hey, I'm an approved critic. So my third time trying out, the only thing that's held me back that they've said they've I've not been approved of is that you have to be able to. To prove that you've been doing it for two years. And my most consistent form is my podcast, which I've now been doing over two and a half years.
1: Oh, so
3: at this point of submitting like they can't tell me that anymore.
1: That can't be a reason. Yeah. And
3: I mean, I've, I've been reviewing stuff on the show for since I started back in 2016. But my consistent form has been now over two years. So I've been able to verify that to them now. Yeah, have all that going for me. So if I don't get approved at this point. I think it's the last time I'll ever apply. And I, they're either not looking at applications or there's something else that about me, about the way I review movies that they don't like.
1: No, you know what? I am sending you all of my good juju <laughs> that you can get this because I think you deserve it. I think it's exactly what you should be doing. It's not next step or level, I guess you could say, to really hone in this movie critiquing skill that you already have. And you can add it to your Instagram bio. That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm thinking about those stupidest things. That, that but I, I think, think it so I
3: cool. think about Instagram bio, and if, if you do get approved, they send you like a little like pin. See? And I'm like, I just want the pin.
1: Just give me the pin. You're like, fine, don't approve me. Just give me the pin. Yeah, just tell me. Oh, man. Well, you know what? We're all rooting for you. I'm rooting for you, and I think it's going to happen. I have... There's some good feeling in my stomach that it's going to happen. I hope so. Well, I know we're all going to be rooting for Mike D's results to come in, and hopefully we'll we'll get those super soon. Um, And that's because he deserves it, because he loves movies. But Mike, I want to share with you some food worlds, because people love hearing the food news, and I want to know what you think about it. All right. Okay. Um, so, Icy. Have you ever had Icy's before?
3: Loved Icy's as a kid.
1: And they're in movie theaters. You yes. can get them at movies.
3: I love getting an icy. Right.
1: Yes. They're so refreshing. Well, there's a new icy cookie at Kroger. It's literally like an icy sandwich, cream-filled cookie with Look either cherry or blue raspberry in between the cookies like between these vanilla wafers
3: got it I so see like them.
1: two vanilla wafers you get blue raspberry in the middle or cherry in the middle and it's that classic like icy flavored but it's cream would you eat that
3: i mean i'm looking at it it looks pretty delicious and i love icy there's right? something about an icy that just hits right
1: but i think it's because <laughs> they're cold and refreshing too. Yes. i don't know if cookie's gonna hit the same way because like they're just gonna be like room temperature
3: but there's something about the flavor of the icy mm-hmm. so i'd be curious to see if they have that same kind of taste to them yeah because i think that's why we it is the the cold combined with just that i don't know the syrup flavor mm-hmm. or something about that that just i could drink an entire icy in like one chug right it's okay so good.
1: let me ask you this which two icy flavors do you like combining
3: Ooh. I'm not big on combining (gasps) flavors. You just get the one flavor? I just get the cherry.
1: Oh my gosh, Mike.
3: The cherry and then the Coke one were always my favorite ones. Have you
1: ever combined cherry and Coke? I've
3: never mixed them together. Mike,
1: this is the best part that I see. I like
3: the consistent flavor. Oh
1: man. I mean, I would get a cherry and blue raspberry or I'd get a cherry and Coke. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever just gotten one flavor.
3: I've never heard of people really combining flavors. Yeah.
1: Dang. Yeah, I like mixing them. You need you need to try a blue a blue and cherry raspberry.
3: But I feel like once it starts melting it still tastes just it as good. it does taste so oh, good. So I good. just feel like it just turns into this whole different flavor. It's nope. not there. It's still
1: so good. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but I think it's just as good. So you should try it sometime. I don't know if they even let you mix them anymore. Sometimes places don't let you, but when they do let you, you try that.
3: Right. <laughs> but
1: you'll be going to Kroger to get these little cookies, huh? I have a feeling. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, Denny's, they just announced an endless breakfast deal for $7. Seven
3: bucks? Listen, that's
1: right. yes, I'm fascinated with this because everything's expensive now, right? Yeah. Our groceries are expensive. Everything, gas is expensive. Everything we do now is expensive. But the fact that I can go to Denny's, I can get endless pancakes, scrambled eggs, cheesy scrambled eggs, or crispy hash browns for $7 fascinates me.
3: That is pretty insane.
1: It either makes me question the quality of the food. <laughs> Or um, how drunk I'm going to have to be if I go and eat this. Because I think Denny's is open like 24 hours. Yeah. But particularly I love this because my boyfriend, every time we go out to eat, he orders like two meals. He can eat so much more food than Mm -hmm. me. And he'll eat two full meals. He'll eat like a burrito and then he'll have like a whole other side. And I'm like, how are you even eating that much? So like I could take him here and he could have eight plates
3: Yeah. For $7. I'm that same way. I feel like I'm a bottomless pit.
1: Is is this just like a guy thing? I
3: think so. But your boyfriend, trainer, (laughs) works out a lot. Yes. Constantly just like burning. So
1: And you run like long distances. So
3: I think and all the other things we do in our (laughs) life, I think that's what contributes to me, at least for me. And I feel like I could go to a buffet and like just keep eating.
1: (laughs) So when you go out to eat, do you order two meals sometimes? I used to do that a lot,
3: and then my wife would be like, Why are you keep ordering two things? <laughs> and I don't do it if we go like out to eat in public, but if we sometimes we pick up food, I'll do it then.
1: Oh see, he does it both.
3: <laughs> really? Every
1: time. I'm like, dang, I you took away my reason for being a cheap date because I'm a vegetarian and most of <laughs> the time get grilled cheese or something. And now he's paying for two people. It's wild. But he can't help it because he's like, I'm going to be hungry if I don't. Like, I'm going to be starving. I'm going to be grumpy. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is.
3: Yeah, because I just know how much it takes me to, to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times I'd be like, I'll get the bowl, but I'll also get the wrap.
1: <laughs> yeah, see? I And I. this is why I think Diddy's, guys, you're going to love this. Like, if the quality is good, which, you know what? I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say that it is good. And Because, really, you can't mess up pancakes. I don't know. Eggs, you can't mess up. Some people do those really yeah. bad, but hash browns too. Kind of hard to mess up.
3: They're all pretty, uh yeah, pretty easy.
1: Yeah, so I feel like this is a great deal for you, my boyfriend, any other guy who likes to order multiple <laughs> things, an endless breakfast deal for seven dollars.
3: I think they're also kind of banking, banking on like the fact of like how much people will. Continue to order mm-hmm. so they can kind of like cap it a little bit.
1: <laughs> but at least you could get two full things out of it and that would that's suffice, true. right? Because yeah. that's not a lot. That's not anything crazy. It's no different than like Olive Garden when they do like the, you can buy this and you get an entree for free to take home or whatever. Not that people often do that, but this that would be something you would do or my boyfriend would do. Be like, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's cool when they do this because I do think it happens more often than not that especially to like... I don't know if you've noticed, but like some newer restaurants, I'll get something and the portion is so small. I'm like, listen, I'm going to order two meals because yeah. there's no way this is going to fill me up.
3: I have that problem too, ordering. I'm like, I'll pay more for more food. Like, I just know that I need more food.
1: Mm-hmm. You just, you kind of accept it. You're just like, that. that's what happened after the first few times, like happen, the first few times it happened with my boyfriend. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to accept this. This just is what it is. <laughs> and I'd rather you be hungry or happy and not hungry than hangry, because hangry is not fun for anyone. Yeah. Right? Like, even for the person that's hangry. <laughs> so, I think that's a, a great option. So, maybe check out some Denny's. I haven't eaten at a Denny's. I, I think I maybe ate there one time when I was in, like, South Padre for spring break. <laughs> that's the only time. Normally, it's, like, IHOP or Waffle House that yeah. most people eat at. Um, and then the last one, uh, Cora's Light released some Chili Chill lollipops.
3: Chill lollipops. Yes, for March are.
1: Madness, they're, they're beer-flavored lollipops so that people cannot be stressed during the the chaos of March Madness. And
3: there's alcohol in them, right?
1: Yeah. No, they're not alcohol. Oh, there's not. But they're beer-flavored. So they're like the, the fake beer, right? Oh,
3: okay. I see them now.
1: But they're they're intended, they have things in it to help calm you down. Got it. Do you really think a beer-flavored lollipop could calm you down?
3: It depends what they put in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, maybe there's some special products in there, that's was, a possibility. I've seen
3: some lollipops that can calm some people
1: down. <laughs> You're not wrong on that, but I don't think that's what's in this Coors Light one. I, and they were like giving them out to anybody who like messaged them on social media. But I just have to, if I ever walked in a bar during March Madness and I saw a bunch of crazy sports fans and you just give them all a lollipop, it's like children. Yeah. Like what? We just think they're just going <laughs> to chill out if you give them a lollipop?
3: Have you had anything beer flavored that wasn't. Just straight up beer.
1: (sighs) I don't think so. Because I
3: remember uh, we would go to Mexico as a kid, and they are very creative with their ice cream flavors. And I remember there being a beer flavored ice cream. Did you get to try it? Yeah. How was it? Pretty good. Because it's it's kind of like more like a sorbet of like not creamy, but it had like a, it didn't really taste like bitter beer. It just had like that flavoring. It was very refreshing, but there's no alcohol in it. See, I don't remember
1: that's what you're like, "Ah, maybe there was. (laughs) Maybe I
3: enjoyed it a little too much.
1: I do know there's like alcoholic ice creams and stuff Mm -hmm. now, but I think it's like liquor. I've never really had anything that's beer flavored because let's be honest, unless it's like a craft beer, it ain't gonna be the the best tasting flavor (laughs) out there. Like, we're not drinking light beer to be, yeah, our taste buds are happy, you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: more for the effect of it,
1: (laughs) exactly. So, like, unless it's like a sour beer that's turned into a candy, I don't think I would like it.
3: The other thing I've tried is at the State Fair of Texas, they had fried beer.
1: How do you fry beer?
3: I think they made some kind of batter, and then they deep fried that batter, so it's kind of like a beer ball, like a deep fried beer ball.
1: Did it taste like beer?
3: It didn't really. It just tasted like fried. Like just so like, more of the
1: marketing scheme that yeah, they got you to like, pay oh, for it's it? fried
3: beer, but it really just tasted like a ball of fried dough.
1: Well, I mean, I will say, like, I have made beer cheese that has beer in it. Mm-hmm. But you don't taste it. Mm -hmm. Like it adds like a tartiness to it.
3: The flavoring, yeah.
1: But it doesn't taste like beer. Just the same with like when you do like melting pot things, you're putting cooking wine in them. Yeah. You don't taste that. Pour it in. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think, you know, I've probably had several things that have it in there. And beer battered things, I just never knew it. Because you can't taste it. Yeah. But I would. You know what? If somebody gives me like a good old cherry, sour cherry beer flavored something, I would try that. I love sour beers. Really? Mm-hmm. I love them. Like if I go to a brewery, I'm looking for the sour beers. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't really know that I could name what that tastes like.
1: Oh, you would like, do you like, like, like craft beer at all? Not really. Okay. So I would say that sour beers gives it more of a candy flavoring. Okay. It's kind of the taste of it or like a fruit flavoring. Okay. So it doesn't exactly taste like beer.
3: Interesting, which is why I like it. Okay,
1: like I could drink, I'll drink like a blue moon or something if I'm really craving a beer, but I don't really enjoy beer. The only time I use it if I'm playing like beer games, oh, yeah, it's not the only time <laughs> I can drink beer, but like sour beer, I love that, and I think you would like it. Do you what's your like choice of alcohol whenever you do drink
3: just beer? Anything American.
1: <laughs> See? You would like it. You like, like, so you, you would try the Chilali Pops from Coors Light.
3: Yeah, Coors Light. You
1: do like the basic beer flavor. I
3: do. If I drink beer, I'll go, my go-to is, like, Michelob Ultra, Miller Lite, and then I'll drink Coors Light. Or then, I used to drink, like, Budweiser. That was a little heavier. Oh,
1: yeah. You you really are, like, all the all the choices of the standard beers. I what like you're the saying. standard beers. And you don't like craft beer. Mm-mm. So I take it back. I don't think you're going to like sour beer, <laughs> but I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are all the the food worlds I have. And, and in at in number two, Amy is singing with Ryan Hurd, the duet Heard around the world, the one that everybody has been waiting to hear, that you guys have been hearing about for so long, of her practicing, of her getting advice from Abby. I mean, all the things. So if you didn't catch that, I suggest listening to the part two bits or going to bobbybones.com and watching it.
3: If you could duet with a country artist, who would it be? Shania Twain. Easy.
1: And there, there's no other option. And what song? Oh, you know, I would, I think it would be like so basic for me to say, man, I feel like a woman. So because it would be too basic for me to say that, even though that's really probably what I would choose. whose Bet Every boot's Been Under? I feel like it's such a fun song. Yeah. Who would you duet with?
3: I mean, probably... I'd probably go old school and do, like, George Strait.
1: Oh, really? Uh, wait, out of all the artists <laughs> in the world, you'd choose George Strait? Yeah, Not think... even Post Malone?
3: Oh, we're talking about any Oh, you art can do country? any, any oh, artist. artist. You know, oh, yeah. what?
1: I'm, po- I'm giving you any artist.
3: I we were going country. Yeah, Post Malone, easy.
1: That would be your pick?
3: That would be my pick. What song? Probably, F- I Fall Apart.
1: Okay, I don't think I've heard that one.
3: It's my favorite, Post Malone. Well, one of my favorites. That'd be a good duet.
1: Okay, but if you had to choose country, then it would be George
3: Strait. George Strait, yeah. And what song? Probably, probably Amarillo by Morning.
1: Can you, can you give us a little taste of what that would sound no, like? No, I can't. <laughs> I tried. I tried really hard to see if I was going to get that out of you. But I do want to hear that now. Now I would like to hear George Strait and Mike DiShiro duetting Amarillo by Morning. There
3: we go. Someday.
1: Oh, you know what? I feel like we can make that happen. Those are some great duets that, you know, I really hope I see another one that would be cool would be singing with Dolly Parton.
3: That would be a cool one.
1: Yeah. I just feel like she brings so much energy, like just who she is. Her whole essence just dominates and you could just stand up next to her and look pretty and it would sound great. (laughs) I feel like that would be the the Dolly duet. Um, But yeah, we also, coming in like hot, hot, hot at number one is the drama around the haunted crying boy doll. Yes. Boy, was there drama. First of all, Eddie and Amy, you know, put their foot in their mouths by saying they don't think things could be haunted. There was a whole challenge. Amy lost, and then she paid somebody to take home the crying bowl. Now, boy, doll, boy, doll, what is happening with my (laughs) mouth today? Um, I feel like that's every weekend, so I'm not surprised. But, Mike, you were, like, behind the scenes of some of this, so Mm -hmm. give me some, like, things here that people didn't actually see what was happening.
3: So I'm the one who found the news story. It all started from... It was this guy who had this ventriloquist doll that he claimed was haunted, that his mouth would drop open. And I put that into show prep. Bobby liked that story. And he was like, what if we find like a haunted item? I was like, I got it.
1: (laughs) Wait, so were you just like searching eBay and that's how you found it? Yeah, I got
3: on eBay and just started searching for haunted toys, old toys, stuff like that. I get on eBay a lot sometimes (laughs) to search random things. So I knew that was the place to go. And I found a few different ones and I tried to find the most legit one with an actual story behind it that could be haunted. It wasn't
1: just saying like, oh, this is haunted. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So there was one I actually found that had sold stuff before. Other people gave this person good reviews and I was like, I think this is the one. So do
1: you think those people were actually like going to buy things haunted on purpose?
3: I think so. I think there's a whole, there's a community of people who are into paranormal things And just, like, collecting stuff like
1: this. What if if the whole thing, though, is this woman who's actually the haunted part of this whole story? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's the one who's selling haunted items, but, like, there's something associated with her. I
3: I think she just collects them. I don't know.
1: So wild. Okay. Yeah. Go on.
3: So then we picked the one out and... Our idea was like, how do we bring this on to the show? Do we spin the wheel? Do we like, how do we do it to where somebody has to take it home for a week? And then we had the idea of, well, we talk about it, see who is not afraid of it or doesn't believe in it. And then if they don't believe in it, they're in the running for it.
1: And it was Amy and Eddie.
3: It was Amy and Eddie.
1: (laughs) And then Amy lost the challenge, and she was, I I thought, we may actually have a moment that Amy cried. I thought that might have been coming.
3: (laughs) It was close, I felt like.
1: Yeah, like, she was very, like, she didn't believe in it, but then she got afraid when, like, we had all these listeners come on and tell stories. Like, somebody came on, and it was a story of, like, they brought in a a pastor to do an exorcism, and at that point, I think Amy was like, what am I involved with now? And, uh, yeah, then she ended up paying somebody a pretty big chunk of money to not get it to be at her house. But, I like, I love the behind-the-scenes aspect because it's funny to me that you were just scrolling eBay and this is how the idea was born. I think people will be fascinated by that. But do you believe... That things can be haunted.
3: Yes. And that for that same reason, I had it shipped to the station and not to my house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't even come in the station. It didn't even come
3: in here. It got delivered out front and then I kept it outside the building until we did the bit. And, but yes, like I've had personal experiences to where I've felt demonic presences. Mm. And I've also just felt like things can be haunted.
1: Gosh. So, what are your, what are your, like, give me a personal experience that you have.
3: So I had what I, la- I didn't know what was happening to me, but I, for, I'd say about a year and a half of my life, I had what later I found out was called sleep paralysis. And I would go to sleep and at some point it felt like there was something sitting on top of me. And I felt like this weight on my chest kind of pushing me down and it kind of came in waves. Like that would happen, but the time it would get really bad is I would feel that weight on my chest, but I would also feel like something pulling the covers on me to where like physically, like the covers would move down and I would have to pull them back up over me. They would get pulled down again. And then sometimes I would put it back over me and it would come down even tighter. And I just felt like this presence on me. And I think the worst it ever got was one time it, the pain and the weight on my chest was so heavy that I, like, tried to, like, scream out and, like, for help. And, like, I went to make a sound out of my mouth and nothing came out. And it was just because I felt paralyzed by something. And sometimes I felt like I was outside of my body and, like, I could see myself and this whole thing happening to me, but I couldn't do anything about it. And the whole time I lived in this one specific apartment is where it all happened, I just always felt uneasy there. And it wasn't until I moved out of that place to where it never happened to me again.
1: So it only happened when you were at the specific place.
3: Yeah. And I I've even tried think. to go back since then. I think the last time I kind of thought about it, I was like, I want to look up like if anybody else from that apartment has had any kind of issues or if anything's been reported there, I wasn't able to find anything. But I but yeah, realized nobody
1: that if, probably is going to report it because they're like, what is this? Yeah. And and you, it wasn't until later that you're like, oh, that's what that was.
3: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what it was. I had no idea about it until I, you know, researched about it later. And other people who have had similar experiences said this is what it's called.
1: So it is related to paranormal activity.
3: Yeah, some kind of, there's a lot of old like historic documentation of this happening. And it's tied to some kind of demonic presence. So I've always just believed in that.
1: Wow. And so, like, do you think there could potentially be, like, some, I don't know, trauma in your life that could have resulted in that? Is there any connection to that or is it just connected to I feel
3: like things? I was also, I think what I, last time I talked about it on the show, they brought up, like, asking me about what time, like, where I was in my life. I was mm-hmm. pretty unhealthy at that point. So I think it kind of paired with like me not being at a point where I was getting great sleep, probably drinking a little more than I should. I wasn't didn't have a great diet. So I think there were some other external factors of me just not being overall healthy. So maybe that kind of paired in with me not getting the best sleep. Quality and sleep goes down. Maybe some weird things happen.
1: Yeah, I just I'm, I'm so curious about it because it's one of those things that I don't know that there's a whole lot of research behind it. Right. And if it's one of those things that comes out of a combination of things, but also like just where you're at in your life combined with the idea that there could be paranormal activity, it's like all the, it's like a, a recipe, right? You had all of the the ingredients to create the situation.
3: Yeah. And I, I know some people won't believe me. They'll think I'm making it up. They'll think that doesn't really happen because they don't believe in it. But like, I felt it. I've heard like voices shout in my ear before and I also just sometimes even now it's been a while but I, I can like feel it coming back or feel that same kind of feeling again and I get freaked out because I remember what it felt like of not being able to control it and I remember that exact feeling that I had so maybe it wasn't a demonic presence maybe it was just a feeling of something you know taking over me but I felt it I know I did
1: <laughs> regardless of what it was it was something that's unexplained yeah and anything that anytime you experience something that's unexplained you're like you know what i don't know everything i'm not even gonna try and figure out everything (laughs) i'm just gonna say i do not know that's a better situation to say than anything else so i believe you i i who am i to say (laughs) that that did not happen to you
3: and i think that's why with like the doll thing and just hearing other stories of like objects having i don't know if they're possessed by something or while those things are around there's an energy to them there's just been so much in history that I've read and seen, like, you know, it could be something there.
1: Well, and somebody made the comment on our live stream when this was all happening that the the scary movie, the Annabelle movie, is yeah. based on a real thing.
3: Yeah, the Warrens, who, that's what they would do. They would go and research paranormal activity, and in one case, it was connected to a doll, an object.
1: Did they die in that movie? Is that a spoiler? Uh, the, here's a spoiler. I don't know. I'm never going to watch it because I refuse to watch scary movies. So possible spoiler incoming about Annabelle.
3: They lived in that movie.
1: Okay. But they like dealt with some wild things happening, Very right? wild
3: things happening to a family.
1: Weird. And that was all based on a true story. Yeah. See that? No. I don't need... To. <laughs> I will never... Like there's a reason I don't... So after the whole sleep paralysis thing, did you ever not want to watch like scary movies? No, because you love horror. I movies. I do love
3: horror movies. I think that happened, and then I saw like the best kind of representation of it in what well, was The Conjuring, which went on to it was you know Annabelle was in that movie, and that was like the first time that I kind of identified what I was going through. To like that's what it is, like that's how I felt.
1: Was The Conjuring based on a true story too?
3: Yeah, so The Conjuring was the first movie. And the Annabelle is kind of like the spin-off of those. How
1: many of these horror movies are actually true? I did not know any of this, Mike. I know the
3: story behind The Conjuring is based on a true story and the actual paranormal investigators. All the other sequels have probably been, you know...
1: I do not care. I did not realize there are horror movies that are based on real things. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I just refused to watch all of them. Now I'm really glad that I have refused to watch all of them.
3: And I just feel like when there's so many things... Based on true events and the similar things being described, there's something to that.
1: God, yeah, there is. Wild. <laughs> I am mind-blown right now. Like, I've always I've believed in it. I believe in what you're saying. I am just mind-blown right now that there are movies out there that I could have actually watched that were based on true stories and would have absolutely ruined my life.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everything in them is completely... Factual, well, yeah,
1: still just even a little bit, <laughs> just okay. Based on it, <laughs> got yeah. So, I, I believe in those, and this is you know what, not entirely related, but kind of related because it has to do with sleep. Um, you've been saying people have wanted to hear about our little night routines and, and morning routines that are associated with this I think, show. Yeah,
3: people just get curious how we power down when we do have to wake up early the next day
1: you know I'm gonna be honest I don't think I ever actually power down
3: I don't think so either
1: <laughs> like I think I might just be a robot that somehow closes its eyes for about six hours
3: <laughs> I wish I just had like the function on your laptop that you can just hit sleep I wish I had that in real <laughs> so life so you
1: wish we were robots that yes. you could hit a button and we turn on and just off turn on and off I do I mean every night I have to take melatonin that's the only way I can actually force myself to fall asleep which mm. is probably not the best thing for my body but if I don't take it I won't fall asleep until like 12 30. And then I'll get like five hours of sleep, maybe, on like a weekend, like weekday. If that happens to me, it's like three hours, right? Like,
2: yeah.
1: and that's that's, mel- that's too melatonin to me. <laughs> I like for whatever reason, my my body is just like so stimulated that it it can't, it, or I'm so tired during the day, and I'll t- take a nap because I can't function, and then I'll wake up and I can't be able to sleep. Dang. So like, my night routine sucks. But ever since I added melatonin, I can sleep now. And I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. It's wonderful.
3: Yeah, I try to go to bed around 10.
1: Do you actually fall Like, do you fall asleep easily?
3: Yeah, my thing is staying asleep. Like, I can fall asleep. I can fall asleep right now. Like, I just have that in me <laughs> to where I can, I think I've been waking up early for so long in my life. I've been doing radio now for, I mean, over 10 years. <laughs> so waking up early has just been a part of me that, I'm always at least a little bit tired to where I could just fall asleep. I could chug an entire thing of coffee and then take a nap. So for me, I can fall asleep, but it's the actual staying asleep that's hard for me. So now I'm on actual medication. Oh gosh. Because a lot of my like stress and anxiety and overall like my mental health is like directs back to my not being able to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I realized it was a pretty big issue to where I had to go see a doctor and then find out, like, yeah, you're not getting great sleep. That's kind of messing up your entire well-being. So now I'm able to go to sleep and stay asleep and actually feel better. So that's been kind of a big thing in my life.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've never realized until I was an adult that sleep has such an important factor on our genuine, like, well-being and mental health. Huge factor. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of the biggest factors, if you don't get a good night's sleep, like there's one thing of being cranky. It's a whole other thing. If you have other mental health stuff going on and that is going to impact your entire next few days. So I think it's awesome that you found something that helps and that works.
3: Yeah. Cause I think with our job, like we, things always come through and mm-hmm. we're always like worried about missing things or just, I mean, I'll go to sleep and already be thinking of the things I have to do the next day. Yep. And I think that's what keeps me up as I like, wake up like, Oh crap. I got to do this, write this segment. Oh, I got to think of this thing. Like we have all these interviews today. And like, it just always consistently was a, like mine was like a beehive. So I think now it's like calm down. And when I do need to power down, I can power down. And it's helped me a lot.
1: So how many hours do you think you're getting of sleep finally now that this is happening?
3: Probably six, seven on a good night.
1: Which is a which is like the accurate amount. Yeah, that's the healthy amount. It
3: was an improvement from like a choppy five. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Constantly up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Because
3: I think we also had the feeling of like, what if we sleep in? (laughs) Like that's.
1: (laughs) That is a factor every morning. Isn't
3: the other like stress and things of just from the job? Mm -hmm. Like just waking up is stressful enough.
1: Yeah, and that, I'm going to tell you right now, that's why, that's why I can't have 50 different alarms. Like, I've tried the, you know when Amy did the whole, like, no snoozing thing? Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? I should try that. No, I have six yeah, alarms have. that go off. Yes. <laughs> Just you, like
3: that. The constant.
1: I at least have gotten down to six before it was 10. So oh, I wow. have gone down to six. But there are six alarms that go off in five minute increments. And on the dot every time I wake up to one of the last three every morning.
3: I'm the same way.
1: (laughs) And I and I refute like it's not that I wouldn't want to try the snooze, but I know that if I even in my brain, even if I try and retrain it, I will still somehow hit snooze and I will not wake up Mm -hmm. like I just know it because it's happened to me before and I've woke up in a full on panic and then like I got to go to work. And I think that's a testament to how you and I have never been sent home (laughs) It's because we have that many alarms. Yeah. And I refuse to try the other way because I do not think it's going to work. I yeah. really don't.
3: Yeah, I don't think I could just set one alarm and wake up.
1: Mm-mm. Like I, something happens in my body that does stuff that I don't know about when I am sleeping. I have seen mm-hmm. myself do it. Literally, I will wake up and I'll be like, why are those turned off? Why are my alarms turned off? Yeah. <laughs> and I do not remember, remember doing that.
3: it. And I don't think for me it's even like a snooze thing. It's not like I'm trying Mm-mm. to get more sleep. Like I wake up at the same time every day, but I need that build up to when I actually need to wake up.
1: It's like, it's like you're waking up your brain a little bit more. It's like, okay, I'm getting there. My brain's starting to wake up and then it finally wakes up at the right one.
3: Like I still get up at the same time every Mm -hmm. day, but it's something of having like those one, it's like a fail safe way to wake up because if you don't, for some reason, get up at the time you know you're going to get up, you have these other backups on the other side of it. I think if I just had the one, it would stress me out and I couldn't Same. sleep.
1: I think you and I, I think that's part of both of our anxiety as well, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's probably the actual real thing behind <laughs> that. But I refuse to change it. It's not happening. I mean, I still, Mike, still to this day, I mean, thank goodness for my dad. He is in at work every day that he needs to call me. Thankfully, he has to be up just as early as we do. And he will call me every morning to make sure I'm awake. And he has saved my butt on three occasions and the whole time I've worked <laughs> for the show. It only happened three times where I actually was not already awake, but there were three occasions where he woke me up.
3: You know who I have for that? Who? Ray. (laughs) Does he call you? Yeah, because Ray is always here before everybody else and he knows what time I get here. And if I'm not here within maybe like 10 minutes of that time, I get a call from Ray. So he's probably saved me like the same way a few times.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's not very often, but it's like those few times that I'm like, dang, I could have been sent home if that did not happen. (laughs)
3: I think that's also like kind of like, Ray, well, Ray takes it to a very extreme of uh, how early yes. he gets here before. But I also have planned when I do get here, it's still way before like I would need to be here mm-hmm. because even if I am running late, then I'm still good.
1: Yeah, Mike. I think we have a lot of anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> at least associated with being on I time and being the at work.
3: Discovering here, the more I talk about it, yeah,
1: the more we keep like saying it out loud. I'm like, we're basically the same. We got a lot of things going on here. I don't think it's a bad thing, right? Being early or being on time is not a bad thing, but there's definitely some things associated with that for us. Yeah,
3: I think for me, like anxiety's been a part of my life. I mean, I remember being anxious in like elementary school, and I didn't know what it was at that time. But I feel like I've been able to use it as a tool, even though it is, like, my biggest, like, disadvantage a lot of the times. I think if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have gotten to the point to where I am now. Because it also kind of contributes to, like, I don't know, like, I mean, (laughs) we are so anxious, but it also, we're able to function in a way that it's almost beneficial, yeah, in a weird way. Mm-hmm.
1: We, you know what? We're healthy anxiety-ridden people
3: because I think it, like, you, like we have similar. Like, we have so much going on every day that I think the anxiety of like something not going right has led to us being super prepared that mm-hmm. we get all of our things done in an efficient manner because of that reason.
1: Probably not the healthiest <laughs> way to get there, but yes. <laughs> I agree. You know what? I think that's exactly what it is. And I will not believe in anything else. (laughs) Probably at some point later in my life, but not right now. We're just going to go with it. We're going to end on a note that you and I have good. We have used anxiety to our advantage. Yes. No. Yep. Nobody's going to tell us (laughs) any different. Um, But yeah, make sure you all check out the the haunted crying boy doll drama. Wow. Wow. Words are hard, man um but that was super fun that that bit is going to be on the part two but mike thank you so much for for hanging out with me as always it was a great little therapy session we got some updates on life got some things y'all can watch on tv even mike's own guilty pleasure
3: yes of a tv show
1: (laughs) um and a lot there so it was super fun catching up and, and chatting but i want the people to know where they can find you to that Movie podcast that we listen to.
3: Yeah, search Movie Mike's Movie Podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's spoiler-free movie reviews, interviews with actors and directors. If you're looking for a new movie recommendation or just want to hear some fun movie topics, it's all right there for you.
1: And your social media is?
3: At Mike Distro on everything.
1: Awesome. And I am at Webgirl Morgan on all the things, and you're listening to the best bits where you can hear me. Also, make sure you check out the Bobby Bones Show social media pages, we got lots of videos and of all the things that happened this week, even a photo of Lunchbox and this crying boy doll that he had to, to take home. So y'all, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Everyone have a great weekend. Bye.
3: Later. The
2: Bobby Bones Show. History is littered with tragic stories from which we could all learn lessons. The spectacular Broadway show that flopped. The autopilot that helped crash a plane. The heat wave that killed some city residents, but not their neighbours. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that looks for the valuable lessons in the greatest mistakes, disasters, and fiascos of the past. Listen to Cautionary Tales on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. But even I can use Canva to make things look cool, right? Yeah. Well, you don't have to insult me and say yeah so quickly. Yeah, you can do it. It's awesome. So it's easy design, impactful Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, videos. Start with a designer-made template, which makes it so easy, especially for me. Customize with your content. You can add images and graphics and charts. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. The single most unifying position held by Americans is appreciation for those who protect our freedom and our families. You can help honor fallen or disabled U.S. service members and first responders by donating to Folds of Honor. They award scholarships to make sure the educational dreams of their sons and daughters and spouses live on. They have a four at a four-star ranking on Charity Navigator, so you can give with confidence at (sighs) foldsofhonor.org.